Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Uh, if you have your Bibles, let's go to Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Famous passage of Scripture, famous passage of Scripture. It's one of those that I've heard quoted several times throughout my uh, short life on the earth. And uh, we're going to read from the New Living Translation, right? So the scripture says this, To those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest. Somebody say rest. In the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge and my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. Such a famous passage of scripture. I've heard it quoted so many times, but oftentimes I kind of realize that there are a lot of people who misinterpret God's word or don't have an understanding of what the scripture is actually saying. A lot of times because we're trying to connect with God through the lenses of someone else's experience, right? But we're trying to connect with God through what we heard. We're trying to connect with God through grandmother's prayers. Anybody have a praying grandmama? So it's one thing to have somebody praying for you, but I can only survive on grandmama's prayers for so long. There comes a point in time where I have to develop my own intimate relationship with God because that is where I see what God has for my life. That's where I see what God wants to do through me. It's very easy in this day and age to pull up to someone else's hotspot, give the code to the Wi-Fi and log in and, and have access to what they have access to. But I want access to what God has for me. And the way that we do that is we connect with him in our own intimate relationship. One of the main ways we connect with him is through his word, through his word. Now, I know, I know, I can already hear it. Sometimes the word is what we read when we want to get some good sleep, right? Because you open it, then all of a sudden, you're drifting on off. You read it right before bedtime. But we got to find a way to connect with God through his word that makes sense to us. Just in the version app alone, there are 67 versions of the Bible, 67 versions. Why is that important? Because I got to find a way to understand and get to know God. All the spouses in the room, spouses, married couples, make some noise. If I told you I had a book that could give you exactly what you need to know about every single thing about your spouse, tailored to your spouse, how they would act, how they would think, how they would move, what they would want, and you never have to try to figure it out on your own, would you get that book? I would. Yeah. Now, we have a book that tells us everything we need to know about God, about what he desires, about his heart, about his desires for us, what he wants to do for us, through us, and in us. But we oftentimes put this to the side because it's difficult to connect when you hear the, the hithers and the thithers and the therefores and the thous. That's why you got to get a version that makes sense to you. Because it's not just in reading the word. Reading is fundamental, but comprehension is key, right? Like when I read the Bible, I look at it as a movie playing. Any movie buffs? You love movies? Love movies. When I, when I read the Bible, I can see it happening. Like I'm always, one of my favorites, and I'm pretty sure a lot of you is uh, David and Goliath. I can see David say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine talking junk to the armies of the living God? I could, see, I could see him winding up the slingshot. I can see it, right? Because when I can see it, I can interpret it better. There's a study 
In the research, uh, research done from the Baylor College of Medicine in Houston that says, visual information that you absorb when you can see it improves your understanding of the spoken word as much as sixfold. Six times I'm able to retain more than just reading. That's why we come to church. Because I get visuals, I can see it, I can find something that makes it co correlate to my ability to understanding and then I can hold on to it. Because one of the, the greatest places that the enemy lives is Monday through Saturday. Because we come and get it Sunday, and as soon as we leave, he's waiting on the outside like, okay, let's see how much you're going to hold on to. Let's see how much you're going to hold on to, right? So I see it unfolding like a movie. I see it, the, the scripture unfolding like a movie. Now, when I was preparing for this message, I started thinking about this movie. Let, let's put the movie on the screen. I don't know. Have you seen this movie? House Guest. Anybody seen this movie? Classic. Classic movie, right? Long time ago, 1995. VHS days, right? Let me pause real there, right there. And I, I kind of felt that when I was in the spirits that I, I know there are a lot of times where people feel like the things will never change, that this is just going to be the way it is. I've been here for so long. I've been praying. I've been crying. I've been fasting, and nothing is working. Listen, times always change. You just got to hold on and keep believing. Just think about this. How many VHS do you still have in your house? I, anybody remember Blockbuster? Blockbuster used to be the place to go. You can't even find a Blockbuster. They're out of business. People don't even rent movies. Then it was DVDs. People don't even rent DVDs because they got Netflix. Right? So I was thinking about this movie here, House Guests. Now, the plot of this movie is that Sinbad, now I don't know how you fit, fit in the mailbox, but Sinbad uh, is actually someone who's on the run from the mafia. He owes them money, $50,000, right? He tries to go skip town. They find him in the airport, so he's running through the airport. He's running through the airport, and he comes across his family that is standing there with a sign. You see those people in the airport that have the signs waiting for people? I always say one day, I just want to walk up and say, yes, that's me. Where are we going? Right? So they're waiting there with a sign, and he overhears their conversation, and the children are saying, well, Dad, what does he look like? And the dad says, I don't know. I haven't seen him in 25 years. So he says, okay, this is my out. This is my opportunity. So he comes in, he walks past him like he, 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 he fake sees him and then walks back. He walks, he walks past him and he goes, hey, it's you. You know when people don't know your name and they always do the stuff like, hey, you. Hey, man. Hey, guy. Hey, sis, bro. You don't really know my name, right? So a lot of times he walks past me, he stops, and he looks at him, he sees him the sign, and then he pretends to be the person that they're looking for. So he goes, they take him home, and then he becomes the version of whoever the guest that they're looking for, right? So he spends his time throughout their, the experience becoming a house guest. And he's trying to fit the mold of what the person that they are looking for used to actually fit into. And they talked about all of the times, one of my favorite scenes is, is uh, he wanted to start singing a song they used to sing back in camp. He started singing a song. He said, Cabin Six, you remember the song? Right? Oh, Maple Ridge, oh, Maple Ridge. And so he act, you know, when you don't know the song, you're like, John, come to you, summer. You get the last lines, you know. So he's trying to fit the mold. What's funny about this, I digress for a moment, is a lot of times this is how our experience is when we're coming to Christ. 
is that a lot of people are coming to Christ because they're on the run from something. Trauma, pain, heartbreak, disappointment. Well, we're running from something. And when they come into the house of God, they come in with this vulnerable aspect, right? Where they're open because this is supposed to be my safe place. And I come into the house of God, and if I'm not careful, I will run into somebody who starts to try to assign a role to me, and then I try to fit into the mold of what is deemed acceptable here. And I can't be my authentic self because I'm trying to fit the mold. That's why I love this church. It's because when people come in, they feel welcome, they feel loved, they feel seen, they feel valued, they feel heard. Because there are so many times where people come to church and before they can meet God, they have an uh, interaction with someone who represents God and they're forced upon them their guidelines. This is what we do. This is what we wear. This is how we move. This is how we talk. This is how we walk. And before I can get to God, I meet the guidelines. And before I can get to God's lines of what he has in store for me, now I'm trying to fit the mode as to what I'm supposed to do, how I'm supposed to dress, how I'm supposed to move. And it completely limits my interaction with God, right? So he, uh, he tries to fit the mode. He tries to become something that he's not. And I, I wanted to take that and set the tone for the passage today. Because the scripture says those who live in the shelter of God. There is a big difference in being a house guest and a member of the house. There's a big difference in someone who visits and someone who resides here. We can always see who lives and who visits by how comfortable you are. When you go visit someone's house, you don't just walk in and go into the refrigerator, right? You don't just open up drawers. Now, if you nosy, you might sneak up to the bathroom looking through medicine cabinets, right? But that's not the norm. When I come in, I'm trying to figure out what to do next. Where do we go? Do we check our shoes off here? Where do we sit? How do we move? I'm asking for everything. But the beautiful part about God is that as soon as we accept Christ, we go from being a house guest to a member of the house. And now I have rights and access and privileges, right? So we see here that in this movie, that this gentleman is trying to fit the mode and become uh, something that he's not because he stepped into the aspect of being a house guest. And as someone who's living in the house, there are multiple benefits. Multiple benefits of someone who lives in the house, right? It's almost like having health insurance. Now, there are two types of people who have health insurance, and I'm telling myself. The type of people that go get checked up all the time, you have a cough, <coughs> I need to go get checked out. I'm itching right here, let me go get checked out, right? And then there are people, like me, right, who usually only go when something bad happens. I pay a premium for our health insurance. And my wife is always telling me, you need to go to the doctor. You know, to get, get checked up. You need to go to a dentist. You're like, ah, it's okay. Yeah. I wait. I, I'm one of those, and I'm trying to do better. I'm trying to do better, baby. I'm one of those who wait till the tooth is about to fall out of my mouth. And the pain wakes me up at 2 o'clock in the morning. You, had a, you ever had a toothache? Oh, Jesus. Right? So I, I'm one of those who wait. And a lot of us are like that in the spirit. We got so many benefits that we don't access until something bad happens. Until something goes left, and then now I got to get to God to try to fix this pain real quick. 
I'm hurting, God. I need you to fix it real quick. But he's like, if you would have came to me consistently, let, consistent checkups, right? Then we could have been proactive in preventing that. If you would have been close enough to me, when you started walking that way, I would have said, no, 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 that's not the way. And I would have been close enough to hear you because I check in with you. But if I'm far away and you're trying to give me direction, now the scripture already told me he's going to speak in a still, small voice. But if I'm way down the street expecting him to yell to me, I'm out of radius, right? So there are benefits to living in the house. It's like having health insurance. And we, it's, it, instead of having an occasional checkup, we're going to take a look at, at what I like to call the soul insurance plan today, right? The benefits of living in God's house, living in his presence. The scripture says those who live, let's stop right there. Residents and visitors have different access and privileges. I have different access to God when I live in his presence. I have different access to God when I live there. And I know sometimes it gets difficult because people say, well, I don't feel like I can pray to God because I don't pray like they pray. I, I, I don't feel like I can connect with God because I don't know the lingo. The beautiful thing about Jesus is that he came to remove all the barriers. Now the focus is not on the approach to God. It's on simply that you come. Because back in the biblical days, there were certain parameters of how you approach God. There were only the priests that could enter into the holies of holies to offer sacrifice. And even when he went in, they had to tie a rope around him just in case he was a little sketchy. And God struck him dead and they had to drag his body out. I couldn't even go in to get him. There were certain parameters about how to access God's presence. Now, anyone can access him whenever they want to. And it's not about, dear Heavenly Father, God, we give you glory and honor. No, no, no. Sometimes it's just God help. I need you. Here I am. So you got to be able to come to God no matter how or what the situation is. Because when you live in his presence, you have different access. So what does it mean to live? Let's take a look at that really quickly. What are some of the things that we do in the places that we live? The number one thing that we do is we eat, right? We eat. Now, let me apologize right now because I hear the moisture filling up in your mouth, taking a look at things. Any Thanksgiving favorite, anybody's favorite holiday? Thanksgiving, love Thanksgiving. Like, so we look at this spread. This is where we come to eat. Now, if you ever invite me over for Thanksgiving, I need the leg, okay? It's just, let me just level set. Let me get the leg, okay? Um, so this is where we come to eat. In his presence, when I live there, I eat there. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. When I partake, when I take in, when I come and I live in his presence, I am constantly coming to take in God's presence. His, his mentality, his thought process, his desires, they are not my desire. When I come in to eat in his presence, there's something that happens. Now, a lot of times what happens is majority of Christians only eat on Sunday mornings. We show up at the buffet we go around a couple times, and then we think that that would be sufficient enough to hold me through the week. Now, it's important. The Bible talks about forsaking not the assembling of ourselves. It's important to come together to eat, not just from a, nat from a spiritual perspective, but from a natural perspective. Check this out. As of September 2022, 91% of parents surveyed noticed that their family was less stressed 
when they family shared meals together. It goes on to say this. A recent Harvard study showed that 80% of teenagers claim that family dinner is the time they are most likely to converse with their parents. 80% will talk around the table because a good meal just makes you comfortable. When you sit down, it's time to eat and it's smelling good and you put something, you see your walls start coming down. So what's the takeaway here? Number one, from a natural perspective, eat together. Cut the TV off, put the phones away, because this is an opportunity for us to collectively come together to eat from a natural perspective and a spiritual perspective. Eat together. This is when we get into the presence of God, this is when miracles happen because your faith connects to my faith. And then we are able to transcend into a new realm that we've never experienced before. That's why church is so important. But it's also imperative that we eat when we're alone. What would it look like if you literally only had one meal a week? One meal, Sunday morning, and you don't eat anything else for the rest of the week. Death, right? I got to eat. But check this out. 26 million Americans stopped reading the Bible regularly during COVID-19. 26 million. It's important to make the word of God as essential as eating because you cannot get out what you don't put in. When I get in hard times, I can't pull out faith if I haven't put in faith. I can't pull out the trust of God if I haven't invested in, 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 in our relationship and making sure that I'm taking in more of him every single day. It's important. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin. Okay. Maybe some of the sin would be minimized in people's lives if we start eating more and have more word. If I had more in me, it might be the governing force of how I move. Maybe if we continuously to just eat and take in, we'll have a different aspect in our relationship. Okay, uh, let me get through this. The next one thing that we do in, when we live in God's presence is we shower. Any avid shower takers? Yes, multiple times a day, hopefully, at least once, right? We shower. Why is this important? Because just like we shower every day to cleanse us, to wash us, living in his presence should prompt me to continuously wash myself. Every day I got to wash my mentality. I got to wash my emotions. I got to wash how I think. I got to wash how I feel. Because if not, I'll end up uh, venturing out into the world with dirt on me. And then I'll be responding through a dirty perspective. You ever put on dirty glasses? First thing you do when you put them on, oh, what is this? Because I can't see. But if I'm not washing in God's word in his presence, I can't see clearly. So when something happens and it provokes me, I respond through dirty perspective. Right? So I got to make sure that I am washing consistently. Creating me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. I got to wash daily. What's the next thing that we do? We sleep in the places that we live. Okay. It's a safe space. Where are all the mouth open sleepers? Yeah. You know, if you live in a house like mine, my wife has plenty of pictures with my, with my mouth wide open. Good sleep, right? But this is what we do when we live. And sleep is more so about where I'm able to come and cut off. 
where I cease from work. This is the place where I come and I can cut off. When I live in his presence, there is something that, that prompts me to get here and cut off because I know that you have it. God told me, told me something some years ago, shook my whole world. He said, I can tell by how much you trust me by your ability to sleep. I said, wait, 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 what, what, what? <laughs> I trust you, God. He said, no, you don't because you can't turn your mind off. Every night you're tossing and turning. You're trying to figure it out. You're trying to understand things. You're trying to figure out how it's going to happen, what's going to take place. He said, when you venture into trust, you can go and cut off because you trust in me with all your heart and you don't lean to your own understanding. But I got to trust him to the point where I'm able to see him in a different perspective, right? And the next thing that we do is that we connect and we build. We connect and we build as a family when we live in his presence. This is the place that we can come and we should be able to rely on one another, where we can be vulnerable, we, we can be open, where we can be honest. It is such a beautiful thing to come into the house of God and be able to be honest without the fear of being judged. Because a lot of people are not able to be honest because if I really tell you what I'm thinking, how I'm feeling, are you going to look at me different? Right? So there are benefits to living in God's presence, living in his presence. Right? And I know I probably won't get through this for the rest of this. We'll get through this for the rest of the service. But I want to talk on a couple of the benefits, the benefits of when you live there. The first one is you will find rest. Rest. Now, sleep and rest are two different things. Sleep is when I come and I can shut off and I can trust that you got it. But when I rest, it is my whole being. I can rest when I'm awake. Mind, body, soul, spirit. I can walk in with a confidence, a confident assurance. That's when I am at rest because I know who God is. I told God, I want to live in a place where literally my entire life is, oh, okay. Whatever happens. Hey, there's a pandemic. Oh, okay. Hey, they're laying off. Oh, okay. Hey, doctor said you would never walk again. Oh, okay. What does that oh, okay represent? Is that I know who God is. So it doesn't matter what you say to me. I know God. So when it happens, it's, oh, okay, because I know God got it. I know he has a plan for my life. Before I was formed in my mother's womb, he knew me, and he had a plan for me, right? So you will find rest. Here's the truth, is that you will never find rest outside of God. Never. Never. And you can always tell when you find actual rest. It's because it doesn't fade quickly. See, we, we get into these things where we're experiencing some uh, uh, imposters or some things that try to manufacture our rest. But it's not until I actually get into his presence and I live here that I know that I am surrounded, I am covered. There's a different attitude when you know that you're covered and you're protected. If Elon Musk told you, hey, Whatever happens in your life financially, I got it. Whatever happens, whatever you need, pick up the phone. Just tell them, Elon got it. When you walk in, they say, hey, we need this amount of money. Oh, okay, yeah, cool, Elon got it. How much rest would you have when, in, in your finances? If I know all I got to do is pick up and call Elon. Hey, Elon, uh, I want to buy this island. Yeah, yeah, cool, I got it. You would have a different level of rest in your finances.
but the cattle on a thousand hills belong to God. All the silver and gold are his. But how much do we enter into a rest in knowing that God's got it? Because when I live in his presence, I will find rest. Here's the next one. And Ray, you can come on up. And we'll probably have to stop at this one. The next one is the shadow. The scripture says this. Those who live in the shelter of the, of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. God's shadow is evidence of his covering. When you see the shadow in the presence of God, that is evidence that he has you covered. Because a shadow is cast when the light hits an object. So if you are standing in my shadow, it's because I am standing in front of you, shielding everything that's trying to get to you. And when I live in his presence, I have access to his shadow. What is the shadow that we stand behind? The cross? I live behind the cross in his shadow. And every day I get new mercies because instead of God judging me for what happened, he sees the cross and says, okay, cool. He doesn't see me. He sees Jesus. He doesn't see you. When you accept him, you are behind the shadow. He doesn't see you. He sees Jesus. There is a benefit to living in his presence. It's the shadow. Now, if I don't have discernment, I'll misappropriate the shadows. Discernment is deception protection. When you have discernment, it prevents you from being easily deceived. Because I heard a shadow before. Where was, where was the shadow that I heard? Oh, 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 David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And if I'm not careful, I'll think that when I'm in God's presence as the shadow, and I don't understand that there's a difference in, in Christ's shadow and the devil's shadow. If I don't have discernment, I won't know when God is covering me and I'll reject his covering because I think this is the shadow of death. Because it gets dark and I don't know what's going on here. Because it gets dark and it's uncomfortable. And I'm scared of this dark. And I don't see the light. I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know what's coming. I don't know what's ahead of me. And I'm in the shadow of God. But because I don't understand the difference in the shadows, when I get to his shadow, the devil is there waiting. And he said, God doesn't love you. If he loved you, why would he leave you here? If he loved you, why would it be dark here? God is light. Why don't you know? Why hasn't he told you? If you be a child of God, Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And when he was tired, that's when the enemy comes. When he was hungry, that's when he comes. And he came to Jesus and said, if you be the son of God, if in your vulnerable spaces, God will, the devil will always present an if, if God loved you, if he was for you, if you were his. But if I don't have discernment, I'll mislabel the shadows. And I will understand that I'm standing behind the cross and Jesus is extended and I get the benefit of the shadow because there is a big difference in this and this. See, the devil's shadow comes to provide guilt, condemnation. It faces you. 
It illuminates your mistakes. The things that you see as failures and flaws, it illuminates those things. It makes you focus on who you are. But Christ's shadow makes you focus on who God is. Because when I'm behind his shadow, when I live here, the things that were meant for me, when God's wrath was kindled, Jesus said, no, 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 I got it, I got it. I pay for that. When there are times when we move and we make mistakes, when we know better, Jesus, ah, I pay for that, I got it. There is a benefit in living in the shadow. But there is also the prop the, the, that we have to actually have a greater level of trust in the shadow. Because I can't see. So I gotta trust your heart when I can't trace your hand. I gotta trust what you said about me. I gotta trust what's in your word about me. Because I can't see. But when I live in your presence, I live in your shadow. That there is protection. That you have divine protection. That whatever you face this week, you have divine protection. You live in the shadow. When it's dark and it's uncertain, guess what? You're in the shadow. And I don't need to know because I know the one who does. I don't need to know what's in tomorrow because I know who holds it. When I live in his presence, even when it's dark, I'm covered. Whew. Even when it's scary and uncertain, I'm covered because I live in his shadow. I live behind the cross. And if I live there, I get the benefits there. But a lot of times what happens is we'll visit the shadow and it gets dark and we'll leave. I told you there's a difference in being a house guest and a member of the house. Because when I live here, I trust that it is better to be in the fiery furnace with you than to be on the outside without you. When I live in your presence, I know that when I can't see, you see. That you are the omniscient God. You know all, you see all. I don't have to look there. All I need to do is look here. I don't have to look to the future. I just have to look to my God. Because when I live there, there are certain benefits and I'm covered in the shadow. Everyone's standing to your feet. I don't know what you walked in with. I don't know what the issue may be. I don't know what you're up against. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're fighting. I don't know what dark season you may have come into or, or are coming out of. But Jesus sent me here to let you know that you're covered and it's in the shadow. It's in the shadow where I do my best work. Because in the shadow, I can develop you. I can strengthen you. I can fine-tune you so when I present you to the world, you have the character, the strength, the tenacity to sustain the place that I'm giving you. The wilderness is a gift. 
Because it's in the wilderness that we really find out who God is. And it's in the shadow that we see his protection. Everyone with your eyes closed. Father God, we thank you for this moment. We honor you for those who have showed up here today. And I pray, God, that every dark place that may be presented in their lives, that you show yourself to be a very present help in the time of trouble. God, that you would show yourself to be strong and mighty, that you would show yourself to be mighty in battle, that you would reveal their plans, that you would reveal that you have a plan for their life to prosper them, that you have a plan to order their steps. And God, we thank you that we get to bask behind the cross and live in the shadow. That this is where we find rest. And I pray now, God, that rest would fill the room. Rest over weary hearts, rest over their minds, rest over their emotions, rest over the things that try to keep them up the night. When the enemy comes to try to steal their faith, let there be rest, God. Let there be rest. Satan, the Lord rebuke you and the blood of Jesus be against you. Bind up every attack, every attack on their rest. Everything that tries to pull them out of the place from living in your presence, that's where we abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Thank you, God, for your shadow. Thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for Jesus. We honor you. Now, God, be with us as we leave from this place, but never from your presence. Let this week be a miracle signs and wonders week. Open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings, pour out peace, pour out joy, pour out healing that we've never experienced before. We want to see you be the God that we have heard of, that we read about. Show yourself to be the God that covers us and protects us as we bask in your shadow. We give you glory, honor, and praise for it all. It's in your mighty, matchless, and magnificent name of Jesus the Christ we do pray. Amen and amen. Can we give God a round of applause? Come on and bless God in this place. And if by chance you're in this place today and you say, hey, I want to be a member of the house. I don't want to just visit anymore. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be a house guest. I want to be a member of the house. If that's you and you say, I want to know what it's like to live in his presence. We're just going to all say this prayer together because we know that we want you to know that you are supported you have community. And for those who need prayer, we'll be down here at the front after service. But if you are really ready to live in his presence and not bounce back and forth, everyone just repeat after me. God, I give you my life. I'm tired of running. I want to know what it's like to be a member of the house, to live in your presence and never leave again. I believe that Jesus was born, he lived, he died, and he got up again so that I could rest in his shadow. Holy Spirit, coming into my heart, into my mind, and help me to be 
what God designed for me to be. Come on now, for those who said the prayer the first time, can we just bless God for those who are now members, members of the house. May God bless you, keep you, may heaven smile upon you. We'll see you next week. God bless.